myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot see Hi and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith and uh, great uh, result again yesterday so I think we'll just completely avoid talking about yesterday's game and talk about anything but that. Um, good evening to Kendall, good evening to Alicia, good evening to Sav and good evening to Holly um, and yeah... It is my birthday. Thank you for all the, the, the kind messages, wishes. I've tried to respond to everybody on social media. I can see already we're getting quite a few in the chat as well, uh, wishing us all the best. So thank you very much. And the girls have already wished us all the best. So great. Thank you. And thanks for all the kind words as well from people, uh, emails, uh, etc. about last week's content and the fact that we managed to you know push the boat out, get a lot of the ex-players on. You all enjoyed that. We will do it again in the summer. Um, we will get the, a lot of the lads on. Uh, we've got a few ideas, um, you know, what we can do in the summer. And I've still got a few who want to come on. So you might see another few ex-legends on over the next couple of weeks who, who fancy coming on. But thank you for all your feedback. It's much appreciated. We do the shows for you. Uh, so thank you for all of that. Um, look, I wasn't going to start with Chelsea, but let's get it out the way. Um, because there will be people wanting to talk about it. So, Kendall... In a nutshell, yesterday we didn't expect Newcastle United really to come away with three points from Stamford Bridge. It's not a happy hunting ground. We didn't get three points. Positive, um, although it annoys us when Steve Bruce gets a positive out of those kind of games, we didn't get thumped, Kendall, which, you know, it looked at one stage 2-0 down. We could have gone four fives yesterday. We didn't. That's important for the goal difference if there's a positive. Yeah, I guess you've got to take as many positives as you can. Uh, it, honestly, it could it was worlds worlds away from like the past couple of games that we've played. And I thought, you know, we've we've had a bit more of a break than a couple of like well Chelsea as well. Like we've had a bit more of a break than a couple of other teams. Obviously, with we're not we don't have FA Cup games. Um, and yesterday, just we didn't get out of the starting blocks at all. Yesterday, it was horrible to watch again it was like literally I was like oh my god have I gone back in time a month where we've played Aston Villa again and I'm literally feeling like I just cannot even watch it like it was so so bad Chelsea didn't even get out of their first gear yesterday they didn't need to they didn't need to do much yesterday to you know to get past us at all um I'm not going to single out certain players but um certain individuals weren't good enough they're not good enough in my opinion um and you know at the moment we've got an injury crisis so we're probably going to see those individuals for the foreseeable future which doesn't really bode well um probably everyone in the comments will probably know <laughs> which individuals I'm on about because they obviously clearly watched the game as well as I did so um yeah it was just as I said, I said on my own Twitter yesterday, I said, like, we didn't expect to get anything from that game, but the feelings of watching that game went far beyond that particular fixture because it was, like, taking you back to, you know, four games ago where we were awful and against Aston Villa and oh, five games ago against Aston Villa when the players looked, you know, depressed. They looked awful. Their heads were down. and People were just giving up on watching it. It was just awful. Then, obviously, we we picked up again, um, playing the 4-3-3. Kept it to 4-3-3. Um, which, fair enough, I do understand don't change your formation. That's kind of working. But they had a back three, which just meant, obviously, well, back five, however you want to look, look at it with wing backs, which just meant we were outstretched, like, 
completely all over the pitch. We just could not even gather or be compact at all to defend well. Um, it was just awful. And as soon as Giroud came on, it was the one thing I didn't want to happen. When I saw Abraham was injured, I was like, right, that's it. I said, I said game over straight away there. He always loves a goal against us. Um, and I just knew as soon as he came on, that was just it, to be honest. A couple of their players had really good games. Kovacic was brilliant for them yesterday, which is a player that I wouldn't necessarily is one of their best. So he had a really good game yesterday. Can't believe we let Werner score. Um, but, you know, it's typical. Uh, the commentators always do this thing at the beginning of the Newcastle games where they're like, oh, you know, so-and-so hasn't scored in um, 17 games and blah, blah, blah. They did it again when John Stone scored for Man City. And I was just, he's like, oh, he's only ha- he's never scored a you know, Premier League goal in his career. There you go. Bang on. What did he do? So they said it again yesterday, Werner. Here he was. Had a goal. So, yeah, not not really much positive to take from it, um, especially with the weekend's results as well on top of that. So it's yeah. not good viewing yesterday. I think I saw that stat. I think I called it on the um, on the, on the the match day live yesterday and it was uh, Chelsea, I think, in 130 Premier League games, once they'd gone 2-0 up, had won 127 of them and drawn three. So as soon as that yeah. second goal went in, that was it, you know. But I said the same as well when um, when Giroud came on. Uh, you know, if, there's, if there was a, a substitution that was never going to work in our favour, it was him coming on because he just loves a goal against Newcastle. And, and you're quite right as well, Timo Werner, if he was going to break his duck, like everybody else who uh, struggles to score <laughs> yeah. goals... Newcastle roll into town. You can guarantee uh, that they're going to get the uh, you know get the goal that they need. But uh, yep, yeah, okay, uh, Alicia. I presume you were doing your own match day live on your channel, were you? Yeah, a very frustrating one yet again this week. Um, but the fact that they started Kepper and Werner and still come away with a two 0 win just baffles me. I seen Kepper on the team sheet and I was like. Okay, we might actually score a goal. And I seen Werner was up top and I was like, okay, right, we might be able to deal with this. But as always, the players that never score and the players that are never very good, always when Newcastle turn up, do very well. It's not the result that's so concerning because it is Chelsea. We knew we weren't really going to get something. It's the manner in which we played. There seemed to be no leadership this week. I don't know what was going on at the back. Nobody seemed to knew what they were doing. We didn't really get forward that much, which I was really surprised playing Alan and Miggy and Dwight Gills got some pace on him. But every time we got forward, it was like it was just one of them. No, Nobody went up together or we just didn't look fussed in the slightest this week. Yeah, no, you're right, 100%. It's uh, it's it, it was desperate, really. Uh, that second half display. Um, yeah, we didn't concede any more goals, but I just don't see where the goals are coming from, Alicia. I don't. I've always said the pairing that needs to be made with Gail. You need to go back to the championship and pairing with Murphy. It's the classic combination. If we're struggling, you know, in terms of defence, I'm not naming names, but the defenders that are out there aren't on the wing-backs aren't good enough. Play Murphy, give him a chance again because he always seems to come in, have a good game, and then he, ne- he never sees a light of day. I don't know if he doesn't train well or what, but if you want Dwight Gill to score goals, you need to get him back with Murphy. I think it's the only chance of getting him forward. 
Yeah, well, fingers crossed that Steve Bruce listens to some kind yeah. of uh, common sense, or or Graham Jones maybe uh, yeah. listens to that, you know, with his iPad, which was uh, which getting a bashing yesterday. Uh, I've got to say happy birthday to uh, Stephen Chow, who uh, who uh, is one of our regular viewers, shares the same date as me. Uh, London Boxing History, another uh, Twitter account that I follow, a good good uh, friend. Not sure he watches the show, but again, somebody who uh, shares the same date. So happy birthday to you, and congratulations to Munch in the chat there. We'll see. He became a granddad last night um, and uh, had the COVID vaccine as well. So a double double reason for celebration for you, Munch. Congratulations, mate. Um, Sav, yeah, Chelsea, 2-0 defeat. Uh, disappointing. Um, but, you know, I think it was just what we expected. Oh, yeah, completely. And also, you can tell Katie's not here. Everyone's being polite and saying, I'm not mentioning names. Like, I'm going to do Katie's fit for her. I'm not going to swear, though. I will mention names. Emil Kraft. I don't, we might as well have just been a man down last night at the back there. He was awful. Um, when I saw, obviously, Hendrick was suspended, when I saw that he wasn't starting, I mean, Shelby was still there. I thought, actually, you know, our midfield could be better without him. It wasn't. I think that we played sluggish in the first half and we were, like Kendall said, we had reverted back to how we were playing before. I actually got bored. I ended up just looking at my phone for most of it. It was, it's horrible to watch. And when, when we did get the ball, it was like they were panicking and just firing it in any direction and just giving it away all the time. There's no actual time to concentrate and look up and make a pass sometimes. And that's really frustrating to watch because what are they doing in training all week? We'd had eight, was it eight, nine days from our last match to prepare for that? And yeah, it was Chelsea. And, you know, you generally think we if we got a win, it'd be a lucky one. But we still had all that time to prepare in the lead up to that. And I felt that, yeah, we did improve in the second half, but nowhere near where we looked like we were going to score particularly. Um, we didn't look a threat against Chelsea at all at any point in that match. And it's just, it's disappointing to watch. Well, Jamal Lewis, I feel sorry for him because I know a lot of people pick him out as he's, you know, he's defensive, he's weak defensively. But if you watched him, um, you know, the past few games when we've played more forward, he actually plays a lot better with that style. So why we were reverting back, like regressing after we made that improvement was actually really disappointing to see. And unfortunately, I just think that we turned up like we'd already lost by the, you know, by the time that first whistle went, we didn't even bother really trying. No, we didn't. Holly, what was your take on the game yesterday? Um... It was massively disappointing, to say the least. Like, I don't know if anyone else watched their last game against Sheffield United, but uh, I watched it and I thought they were so, so poor, especially at the back. And I was, like, so confident going at the game. I thought, oh, well, like, get a point and then hopefully uh, manage to nick three. Didn't happen like that. But I knew that, obviously, without Wilson, it would be, like, a big problem. And then, obviously, bringing Gale in, who's nowhere near as good as Wilson... But um, I still thought we had a chance. And then in the game, I thought we went in the second half lucky to only be 2-0 down because it could have easily been 3, 4, even 5. And then obviously we did pick up a little bit in the second half and do slightly better, but it still wasn't good enough. And I think obviously what made it worse was the fact that like Fulham's starting to pick up points now and the relegation zone, it's just we're creeping closer and closer towards it now. And we do need to start panicking a bit because I think, like you're not like a lot of Newcastle fans, I was a bit too confident and thinking, oh, there's a ten point gap, we'll be fine, we'll pick up a few more points, and we don't need to worry about it. But now 
they've got a few easy games coming up and if they like pick up points from them games then we're in massive massive trouble and yet again just the morale of the team like the lack of confidence and everything it just massively seemed like a huge problem for them and I'm just worried that it, like they won't get that confidence back in time and they won't have the fight to stay up and like we said like if we need, if we're bringing a new manager at Seabus, it needs to be now. But while we have got that gap, because once we slip into that bottom three, it'll be just more hard to get out of it. But like, are we too far gone? Because the morale of the team's just so low. I think it will take a long time to build that back up. So I just hope that the players can find it within themselves to do it for the fans. Yeah. Okay. Um, John Askew's asking, is Lewis good enough? I mean, he's you know he's he's, he's come in, he's had time to settle in, Kendall. Um, you know he's, you know we're not we're not dealing with somebody who hasn't played in the Premier League. You know he had a season there, albeit in a struggling Norwich team. But is he is he struggling um, to, to to hit the ground running? You know with his first season with Newcastle, do you think? Yes, I do. Um, I'm not saying by any means that he's not a relatively decent player because I think we have seen, um, you know, sparks of it. I think. The game against Everton, I want to say, had a really, really, really good game against Everton. Um, and obviously, West Ham beginning of the season, his first game, he was really, really good. And I was like, oh, get in. Like, this is, we've signed a really decent player here. And it's been up and about. But as Sav obviously touched on earlier, us reverting to a defensive style of football where we sit back it does not suit him. Um, I've said in the past, I think he is probably more of a wing back than a flat left back. Um, so if we're going to play in a, in a back four, that's fair enough. But defensively, he is just not the answer because his defensive awareness is quite poor. Um, whether or not that's him, whether or not that's a system, whether or not that's a coach, and I'm not entirely sure. Um, but he has looked a lot better till the Chelsea game. Um, he ha he did look better. When it's unfortunate because when um he kind of has no support around him. Um, you know, if St. Maximin's having an off day, Jamal Lewis kind of struggles as well if they're on the same side. Um, it, it just depends. I do think there's a player there. He is really, he is only still young. Is he 20, 22, 23? Mm. Um, so he is still young. And I just think he needs to play in a system where he's got support because his defensive awareness isn't great. Um, I personally probably wouldn't have played a back four yesterday, even though I hate a back five. But just with the way Chelsea set up, obviously they have their back three. With the way they set up, I, I probably would have gone to a back five yesterday. Um, well, back three and two wing backs, if you will. But we didn't and we kept with the back four. I understand why. Um, but yeah, I just think he, he needs that support if we're going to play defensive football like that. And unfortunately, you know, he, he doesn't have it. So I do think there's a player there. I just think he's, he's really, really struggling, unfortunately. This is a good one from Adam Telford, actually. Playing a diamond will always leave us open out wide. I feel sorry for Willock uh, coming here, playing with Shelby in midfield. I mean, you know my views, Kendall, on Shelby. I'm not a yeah. Shelby fan. I think he's a waste of space. Um, you know, he, he doesn't deserve his place in that team just because he plays one good World Cup ball every 10, you know, or, or gets a, a wonderful free kick every 10 games. I think he's a waste. And, and I think it's no coincidence that players who play in midfield with them, if they, you know, they just end up, you know, they end up struggling because they're doing the, the job of two men. Um, I felt sorry for Willock yesterday, you know, after such a great debut. Um, you know, he ended up getting subbed yesterday. I, I just couldn't believe it. I was left scratching my head at that. 
if anyone, it wouldn't have been the sub I made. You know, I mean, I, to be honest, I wouldn't. The subs that were made, I was kind of was, was a bit like, what? Because like, obviously, Joe Linton came on for Gail, which I was like, why? Um, not entirely sure why that happened. And then after the whole debacle of, oh, you know, I haven't ever had that opportunity to play Alan and Ryan together. Um, like I, but then like two weeks later, said I think they could really make the difference to the team. And then took Saint Maxon off for Fraser. I was like, what? like stop making stuff up like just literally stop making things up it's so stupid but um yeah going back to Willock I did feel sorry for him and as you say I mean Shelby's got no defensive capabilities whatsoever he's got barely any at this point so if Willock's going to be that box-to-box midfielder if you will you know that direct um centre mid there's absolutely no point in playing next to Shelby because Shelby doesn't he doesn't offer cover where where Willock would have to drive forward Shelby doesn't offer that defensive cover um that's why you kind of need Obviously, Hayden was playing yesterday, but I feel like when I said I wasn't going to call individual players out, I am. When I feel like when the cells is in the team, our defense is actually weaker, which is yeah. strange because he's the captain. You want that leadership. You need him there to organize the backline. I personally feel that when he's playing in defense, we we are weaker defensively. Um, I know he had to play because we are in an injury crisis currently, especially with centre-backs at the moment. Um, Shah's not going to be back for the foreseeable, so, um, you know, that is a big, big worry. Um, Lascelles, towards the end of the game yesterday, looked injured to me yesterday again. Um, so whether or not he was fully fit, I really don't know. It wouldn't be a surprise because we know in the past Steve Bruce has had, you know, that thing where he plays injured players because they're, they're all right and then they end up getting a knock and they're out further. Um I do feel sorry for Willock. I really, really do. Because as you say, his debut, he looked on point. He looked exactly what we needed. He was direct. Obviously, he scored. He couldn't have asked for, couldn't have asked for a better debut, really. Um, he just looked like everything we needed. And yesterday, he was nowhere to be found. And I, I don't think that's him to blame at all. I mean, half the players weren't anywhere to be found yesterday. But he cannot... He will not improve in that midfield if he's playing alongside Shelby, in my opinion. Because, Shel- as I say, Shelby will not like garner that talent and will not bring the best out in Willock because Shelby doesn't even bring the best out in himself he'll have one really relatively decent game every like eight nine games where he'll play some decent passes otherwise he plays he just plays long balls all the time what is the actual point in that if I've said this before if you're not playing a Carroll type player um and you just keep on passing balls through we don't have any aerial threat up up front because, like, you know, St. Maxman's not really ahead of a ball. Almiron's not ahead of a ball. Fair enough, Wilson scored ahead of the other week. But that's not the usual type. So if you're just going to look on balls up all the time, same with Darlow, does exactly the same. I just, it's like we can't do the basics correctly. And yeah. the past couple of games we have been. So I don't know why yesterday was any different because it shouldn't have been. We should have still been able to do the basics despite being out, maybe outplayed by Chelsea, but it wasn't even like that. We just went straight back to the same thing. But I feel sorry for Willock as well. I do agree. I do really feel sorry for him now. Yeah, me too. Uh, in other news, Paul Gibson's been to Fratelli's in Whitley Bay. He said the chips were outstanding, £2.50, and he didn't bother uh, uh, with a can of pop. And he says it's amazing the change in weather. Plenty of spring sunshine. Hopefully back con- to normal for everybody. That's the content we want, Paul. <laughs> 
Which Paul, I to great stuff, mate. Well, I did say we weren't going to talk about Chelsea. Looks like we're going to have half the show talking about it. Uh, Alicia, um, yeah, just the, I mean, just the Lewis situation, really, which is what John Askew was asking about. Um, but it, it, you know, you can't just ask about Lewis because, like Sav said, there's so many. There were so many bad performances, you know. And I think I've seen a couple of people on um, on Twitter comment about it, especially. You know, how can we go from the performance against Southampton? to then a performance like that against Chelsea. Now, is it as simple as that, you know, we've lost those three players, key players, it turns out, through injury, and and we just haven't been able to adapt, the players coming in haven't been able to adapt to the formation, or or we've, we've tried to put square pegs in round holes. What do you think it is? I just think the whole defensive system just doesn't work. I feel there's a player in Lewis, if he was under the right manager, and if he was played in his best place of kind of as a winger that is what Kendall was saying not as kind of a flat left back if he was let to kind of run on with it but he's not and I don't think he's built up the awareness in the Premier League of knowing you're probably going to have a player in front of you and one behind you I noticed that a lot yesterday there was players always behind him cutting in and he was miles off it he was in the middle somewhere and I think it's going to take time for him to build that at the end of the day he was in a failed Norwich team. I think that's what a lot of people forget. Norwich were absolutely awful the year they went down. Mm-hmm. So we can't put too much pressure on him to be as good as we expect him to be. Should we bring Dummett back in? Because John Askew, who started the, the conversation, you know, is a Dummett fan. He thinks Dummett should be back in. Are you a Dummett fan? Would you put him back in? I am and I'm not. <laughs> Sometimes he can have a decent game. I feel a bit he's a bit Shelby-esque. One in like 10, he can have a really good game. And then the rest of the time, it's kind of like he's not getting there or he's too slow or he's not picking out the same things. Kind of in a Lewis way, he's not picking out the same runs. But I feel like that's also down the communication in the defence at the minute. I feel like there isn't any. And I don't want to sound harsh, but I think this is a time where Darlow needs to be swapped for Dubravka to get that communication back. Dubravka is kind of a way, like a captain. He commands his defence. He tells people where they need to be. He's screaming at them if they're in the wrong place. And I think that's what they need. I think they need the kick off somebody like Dubravka to be like, here, sort yourself out. You know, we're in the situation we're in. We can do better than this. Like, I just think that's what we need. We need somebody to come in and command the defence. And it's frustrating that Lascelles isn't doing that anymore. At the end of the day, the last time we went down when it was, you know, the whole situation where players were jumping ship, he was the one that stood up for this team. And I'm not seeing that this time. I'm not seeing the captain stand up and go, look, we're being crap when he pulled ourselves together like he did then. And he hasn't really come out and said anything when he used to be really vocal. And I just feel like we need a bit more of that and a bit more commanding really in the team yeah and Norman Norman's saying we should be getting behind the team I mean it's difficult Norman you know obviously with COVID we can't you know we, we can't go to the games um, the players if they've got any sense don't really read the social media comments because it's full of negativity it's difficult to be positive because 
what you've had, Norman, really is you've had your voice taken away by COVID. We can't go to the games. We can't vent our spleen. We can't voice our opinion. We can't sing. We can't boo. We can't do what you would normally do at a football match. And that's the big problem. So, I, where listen, I get what you're saying, too much negativity. But, unfortunately, when you come off the back of a defeat, it's very difficult, unless you name Steve Bruce, to be positive. Um, and Steve Bruce finds a positive, I'm afraid, in every defeat, which, you know is what really gets on fans' wicks. I've got to, I've got to be honest. Sav, um, formation, Dummett, you know, Alicia's made the point about Dubravka coming back in. Um, it's not going to score your goals bringing Dubravka back in. No, but then I do kind of get um, where Alicia's coming from because, you know, he, he has got a commanding voice and I think, you know, everyone jumped on me a little bit yesterday when I said about Matt Ritchie playing because he's just another one who has got a bit of leadership on the pitch. Should and, be in. Yeah, if, we, if we're not going to have any commanding voice, the sales isn't doing that job at the moment. I don't really know what he's doing at the moment. He seems to have fallen out of love with it a little bit if you when you watch him. But, um, you know, we need someone, be it Dubravka. I would love to see Dubravka back. I feel sorry for Darlo. I think in... Most other sides, he'd walk in as a first keeper because he is, he's been so solid for us whilst Dubravka's been away. But then on the other hand, he doesn't have that commanding voice like Dubravka has. And if you're not going to have anyone on, you know, anyone playing who's got that, then he needs to come back, in my opinion. Unless you're going to play Matt Ritchie. But for some reason, Steve Bruce doesn't seem to like him at the moment. Um, but yeah, and like going back to Jamal Lewis... I actually feel so sorry for him because he has got so much stick over social media and he's really young. And I think God, if he actually did read any of that, the damage that could do to his confidence, because when we do play forward going, he, he he's actually looks like quite a decent player. But when we play like we played yesterday, where we sit back, he looks like he's drowning in it. And, you know, that's that's down to how we're being set up. I do, you know, I do feel bad for him. You know, and he's come from Norfolk and we're all slow here. So he's got to get up to speed. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've, I'd maybe, it depends how he's playing. If we was going to play forward going, I'd have Jamal Lewis. If we was going to sit back and just defend the life out of it, I'd probably put Paul Dummett in. It just, you know, depends how we turn up. It does, it does indeed. Uh, lots of comments coming in. You know, the system's not to blame. We can't afford to carry players like ASM who don't work hard enough. He's talented, but he's idle. Got to agree. Babu, uh, he says, yes, Lascelles has just been coasting through on his performances under Rafa. He's been slow. He's reading the game poorly. He doesn't seem to commit to anything. And he always comes off abruptly. Terrible form. The so... fact is under Rafa as well, um, Lascelles had Fernandez, who has been our most solid defender for the past two, three years now. So he had him next to him. He hasn't got him now. He's either got, you know, the defence has been changing all over the place. So he hasn't got him now. So he's, it's left to him because, you know, Fernandez is like, in my opinion, probably the best centre-back we've got. Um, and the other one we, you know, let go out on loan um, because we're such a great club. Um, so, yeah, that's my opinion. I think that's why he's probably good under Rafa. Also, Rafa's coaching tactics, more guidance, more aware of the game. Um, and obviously doesn't have that under Steve Bruce, but uh, he's just a liability to me now, Lascelles, unfortunately. So um, I personally wouldn't even really mind him going in the summer. Defending starts at the front door, Holly, for me. And when you've got lazy players up front and a, a midfield 
um, which is held together by a guy who thinks he's better than he is, i.e. Shelby, who doesn't graft at all and plays with a proverbial chip on his shoulder, then that's where things start to go wrong. Because if you're not defending from the front, it puts your back four under pressure or your three centre-halves, whatever formation you're playing. And that's that's ultimately what's happening, isn't it? It's putting Lascelles, who I've, I've always said isn't the greatest centre-half. He's not a bad centre-half. He's just not the greatest. Do you know what I mean? He's He's... He's got a touch of the tight as brambles about him at times, but you know he was always even even when he was playing under Rafa, he was never comfortable with a ball at his feet. He's not a ball playing centre half, and I just think he was you know there's that gape and hole down the middle. Do you know what I mean? You haven't got the running and creativity of Wilson. Um, you've got Shelby just who you know has one good game in ten. That just leaves you wide open at the back, and if you know Alicia Seymour should be putting Dubravka in because he's a more commanding keeper, then the whole spine of your team is weak. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, obviously, Wilson is like undoubtedly a huge, huge miss for us. And then bringing in Gale, like, who hasn't had much experience lately, like, he has hardly played a game, it's a massive change. And then that's the problem is we pass the ball back far too much. That's like a huge issue because there's like times where we could play it wide or whatever. And or like down the wing, and we'll literally pass it back, so we're in we're one half again, and like that just causes stress for the defense. Like the strikers, they're never ever in the box enough for me. And then the midfield, I think, has been a problem throughout the whole season, even when we have got the strongest players in, because like they're just always constantly being lazy and not supporting the defense, and just like relying on the back four or back five too much so they're under so much pressure and then now obviously we've got a weakened defence which adds even more stress and for me I completely agree with what Alicia was saying in uh, bringing Dubravka back in because for me I'm just I feel so much more confident when he is in goal over Gal Darlow because I do rate Darlow like he's an excellent number two but just sometimes he's very very shaky and Dubravka always seems to be a lot more calm and collected yeah, interesting. It's a debate we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll have um, over the next couple of weeks. You know, he might make the decision. Let's see what he does um, against Man United. If there's a game to make it, it is, uh, it is probably that one. Uh, the one thing that came up yesterday um, on the, you know, on the match day live was, you know, the the talk of Sturridge. Um, we've talked about him before. Um, you know, obviously it's a it's a freebie. We'd only have to pay his wages. Is it something that attracts you, Kendall? Bringing Daniel Sturridge in—he's, you know, he's not been the most reliable. Um, I think somebody made the point yesterday on the chat that why would we take a player who turned us down for West Brom last time? Well, yeah, exactly. It's like we're kind of doing him a favour because he's obviously not—he hasn't currently got a club. And um, but then again, knowing the type of player that he is, it's going to be like a, you know, like a. A Danny Welbeck sort of situation where he went to Brighton and he kind of looked like he was actually picking back up a little bit of form again. Um, I mean, that could happen, but it's just taking a risk. I don't know why we've got to just have other people's cast-offs and free agents and stuff. Why can't we actually go out and get... There was a million free agents in the summer. Look, Rondon's just gone to another club. Like, do you know what I mean? There was a million other free agents in January, sorry, not the summer, that we could have had. Why are we... 
looking now for castoffs that haven't got a club, so clearly no one cares about them. Why do we have to be like the the nursing home for castoffs? Like, why can't we? Why can't we just go and out and actually? Like we did with Wilson, go and get someone decent. It doesn't have to be twenty million. As I've said, Rondon's just gone to another club for free. So why, why was that a problem? Like why couldn't we do that? I think the whole Rondon situation, like the Willems situation, things like that. Um, obviously Willems wasn't a Rafa player, but um, or was he a Rafa player? No. Um, no. No, he wasn't. He came on Seabrook's first season. Anyways, um, the whole Rondon situation. I think that's like a Steve Bruce didn't want to go for like Rafa players, if you know what I mean. I think that's why he probably didn't go in for Rondon. Um, also, I think his wages went heightened a little bit when he moved. So, I it mean, depends who signs the players, Candle. I suppose. I mean, well, yeah, we, we we live. I think we the way we talk about it sometimes we we think Steve Bruce sits with his list and goes to Lee Charney when in fact it's Steve Nixon and yeah. Co who go to Lee Charney. Who isn't? And Bruce just says, "Yeah, this is the player I always wanted." When in fact he didn't know who on earth he was. <laughs> Well, uh, Van Ga- I remember Van Gaal did an interview a few years ago and he said like he nearly quit Man United before he even started managing them for the first game because yeah. every player he wanted to sign, they were signing his like like the third choice on the scouting list, which is probably what happens, to be fair. Um, but I just, I don't, the whole Daniel Sturridge thing, I don't know why we, as I said, why we have to go for and do other players a favour. Like, we need someone who is going to come in, make a difference, work hard. Like, we, as we other people have said, we don't need, like, another St. Maxman, like, who whose head goes down if he doesn't have a good 20, first 20 minutes. Like, we need someone who is going to come in, who wants to make a difference. Maybe Daniel Savage could do the job. Maybe he wants to, you know, make a good thing in his career again. Maybe he will work hard to do that. I don't know, but it's just a risk. I'd just rather have someone... Like we should have gone in for Josh King as well. There, there was another person we could have had who's now gone. I would have took Madger. Madger, um, yeah. I would have took him when he left the Maccams, To be honest, when he went to Bordeaux, I would have took him then because the kid's got talent and he can score goals and he looked like a young. He looked like Tammy Abrams. Yeah, it was it was going for fun at Sunderland as well when he was there the first, like before. So yeah, I would have had him as well. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, what about you, Alicia? I mean, uh, Sturridge, you know, it's a possibility. He's there. Um, he's got to want to come, of course. But, um, you know, who wouldn't want to come to, uh, you know, if, if, if he's going to go where the money goes. He gives me he gives me that kind of impression. He's a money grabber. Yeah, so he won't be coming to Newcastle then. <laughs> no. no, definitely um, But at the end of the day, if we go back to the Rafa court, and I don't like quoting Rafa often because I try and leave it in the past, He's talked about Newcastle being a stepping stone. If we sign, sign storage, we become that stepping stone again. Because all he'll do is score a few goals and then we'll let him go in the summer and we'll sell him on. Because why should we be taken off casts again? He's obviously not been good enough as he wouldn't be a free agent in his age. He should have been in the Premier League years ago consistently and he wasn't good enough then. He was always injured. We've got enough injuries as it is than buying another injury-prone player. I think we've just got to work out what we need, how this team is going to work out. I don't think we can rely on trying to get Daniel Sturridge in. At the end of the day, somebody would have to come out of the squad as well because the 25-man squad's full. So I don't know who who would go back out. Would Atsu be cast back out again for Sturridge to come in? I don't know why Atsu's not getting the chance, actually, on that one. <laughs> We need yeah. more creativity. I don't know why he's not getting a chance, but I wouldn't take storage. I just, no offence to him, but I don't think he's good enough. 
No, I mean, you make that point, Alicia, and you're, you're quite right. You know, there would have to be someone come out, but I wouldn't put it past Steve Bruce to do something like that, you know. And, you know, you, you just don't know. But I think there must be some kind of special, you know, special discontinuation uh, for, for somebody who's on there, you know, somebody who's free, somebody, somebody who's unsigned. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been talked about in the media, so it must be a possibility. Sav, I mean, you know, would you would you give Atsu a chance? I mean, you know, you know, would you would you would you bring him back into the squad if, if you were allowed to? Um, no, probably not. That sounds really rude. <laughs> but um, you're being you're being no, honest. Problem, That's all it is. <laughs> the problem is, is we have so much dead wood in our squad. We need to ship people on, but no one wants them, and that's half the issue. And you know, if we're going to go after storage, why didn't we do more in the January transfer window? That's what confuses me. When you know there was actually some quite good players flying about, you know, go out on loan or anything like that. You know, we just didn't make that move we just waited until the last minute and got Willikin who has been a really you know really good in on loan but I think players like Atsu and you know so many in our squad we need like an overhaul I just think if you've got Sturridge as well you're just adding to those numbers um and like as you said he's injury prone so we don't need any more of that we've got enough of that going on I think our players need like proper training that's more the problem and like a new manager maybe <laughs> yeah well we can hope um, yeah Holly I mean you know if, if, if there's a free agent out there we could bring in the likes of storage is that something you would like to see um, or do you just think you know what we've got we're going to have to get on with uh, not for me, no. I think we'll just keep what we've got because, like everyone said, he's really injury prone. And I think it would just be like another Danny Rose type of signing where, yeah, like he comes in, you think, oh, he might do a decent job, and then it's just disappointing. And whenever he does play, he certainly doesn't add anything to the team. So I just feel like it'd be a massive waste of a signing. And to be honest, even if he did come in and do well, I don't think it would be what we needed or enough to sort out the issues that we have. So, like, I would just stick with what we have got, but I wouldn't bring Atu back into the squad because I know you touched on that earlier. Not for me. I'd rather uh, keep him out, but best of luck to him. Yes, uh, best of luck to him. Dodo Bird uh, says, it wasn't long ago our defence was our strength seems to have disappeared and now it's a big worry. I've got to say as well, Dodo Bird, thank you very much for posting that present um, to us. I got it today. Um, he sent me something over in the post, which uh, I will, uh, I'll probably show it on the retro show. I think it fits in quite nicely on there, but thank you very much for that, mate. Much appreciated and uh, just to let you know it did arrive and um it is much appreciated. Uh, JV Game says, team is full of fast players on the wings, so you need someone in mid or defence that can hit an accurate long pass, counter-attacking or using players that are like Usain Bolt when it comes to running. Alan Thompson says, Shelby and Hayden are too slow. Slow. They have just got up the pitch at Sanford Ridge. Do they not realise we have a game on Sunday? <laughs> um, Looney Tune Daz as well says, uh, Dolo is making sure his sleeves are nice and neat before he's trying to make a save. <laughs> I have noticed that. But, you know, he's done well. Well, you know, I don't want to criticise the poor lad. He's, uh, you know, he, he's done his best in, 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 you know, bad circumstances, and he's been one of the best keepers, you know, in in the Premier League. But uh, a lot of people saying, um, you know, agreeing with what Alicia said. You know, Debravka should come back in. He's more vocal. Um, you know, interesting. And, and Adam Telford and Martin Heron both saying the same thing. Can we bring him in? We've already got our twenty-five man squad. But Martin Heron says, will Sturridge be classed as a loan because we've got a twenty-five? Man squad, yeah, probably that could be the that could be the situation. Uh, you know, um, Alan also says 
I threw the cut out in rage when I saw Joe Linton come on. I'm still raging about last night. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a really strange situation. Um, so I mean, I've I've said this for the last couple of weeks, Kendall. I do feel we are in a relegation position. You know, we're yep. in a relegation fight. That's where we are now. Um, what, what, are we capable of getting out of this, Kendall, or are we going to be relying on other teams doing us a favour? I mean, it's it's a big. It's a big week coming up. Fulham have got a game in hand on Wednesday against Burnley. Two informed teams. Um, but if Fulham win that, and then they win the game before we play on Sunday, they're a point behind us. Yeah, um, which is exactly what I knew was going to happen. I said, as soon as Steve Bruce said, well, we're not in a relegation battle, he's just jinxed it. Completely, completely jinxed us. Because now we are. And anyone who thinks that we're not is... Lying because we've got Man United, Wolves, West Brom, Aston Villa in the next like four games. So it's like, where apart from maybe possibly West Brom, who I mean, I wouldn't even be confident against them at this point. Where are we going to get points from there? And then Fulham's already got, got a good, another game, as you say, their game in hand. Um, I'm just going to have a check and see who their game is after that because I'm sure like the, they oh Sheffield United. Great. Well, that's just fantastic. There's there's possibly six points they could have straight away. And we're yeah. not going to get anything from the next two games. So, yeah, I do think we're in a relegation battle. And I don't think that right now, the way that we're playing, the way the players are playing, the injuries we've got, the manager mentality, the morale around the club, around the, you know, the squad in general, I don't think we have the mentality, not the ability, because I think it is, we do have the ability. I just don't think we have the mentality to get out of that situation because you we know so so well too well almost how bad and hard it is to get out of the relegation zone once you're in it um and once you're in it by a long chalk so yeah I do think we're in a relegation battle that's exactly what I didn't want if if someone says to me today will you take 17th just to get the season over and done with I'll take it all day long all day long I'll take 17th I just don't want it to leave to the last game of the season when we play Fulham of all people, um, and leave it to the last game of the season to go down again. I, I just, I, my literal mentality for football, I just will not take it. It's just going to be awful. Um, and just something that I don't think the squad of players that we have right now should be in that position at all. We've, we've shown what we can do against certain teams. So I don't, as I said, I don't think we have, I think we have the ability. I just don't think we have the mentality or the technicality in terms of, you know, coaching, managerial stuff to get out of it if we get dragged in. Sean Smith said he would have took Josh Madger as well. He's also said uh, Ahmed Musa on a free if he could. I mean, that's another one, Kendall. I mean, it's a lot of it's paper talk. You know, I should be yeah. too long in the tooth, really, for getting carried away with paper talk. But, yeah, I mean, look, we've had options, haven't we? And we've not taken them. And um, I'm still... I'm still amazed and delighted that we've got Callum Wilson. I still think that was yeah. a steal of 20 million, like... Absolute steal. I mean, we as I was on a show a couple of weeks back with um, an Aston Villa fan, and he we were talking about you know the similarities between the Steve Bruce reign and um, it, both clubs, and he said the only positive about Steve Bruce that he can po possibly take from his time at Aston Villa, which I resonated with so much, was the signings he makes are always pretty decent. He normally signs 
you know, players that fit into certain positions that you need, um, good quality players. I mean, look, the Joel Linton was an anomaly. Um, so let's just ignore that one. But the rest, like Jamal Lewis, for example, we'd needed a left back for a long time. Callum Wilson, we needed a striker for a long time. St. Maximin, who, we, you know, like a flair player. So we did sign players that we needed. It's just obviously the coaching has uh, knocked that on its head a little bit because until Graham Jones has come in, you know, we haven't really had that um, decent calibre of coaching to coach these type of players. But yeah, there was a millions of other strikers we could have had. I mean, millions is exaggerating, but there were several other strikers we could have had. Like we mentioned Josh King earlier, um, Josh Marger, and another one, you know, there's several other strikers that we could have had. Um, even, I know Ollie Watkins was like a, a bit more expensive than Callum Wilson, but there's another one that you could have had who was now lighting it up for Aston Villa. So it's just like there's loads of other people we could have had and haven't um, gone for it. We always just look for other people's cast off. So we did. Have, we did have Armstrong and Tony, of course, who were both banging the goals in in the championship. Yeah, yeah. and would you look at that? It's no surprise, is it? That you'd leave the club and end up being, you know, decent. I also thought Adam Armstrong was decent. Ivan Tony was different. I didn't see him much for Newcastle. I must admit. Um, so I didn't really have a judgment on him, but Adam Armstrong, I always thought was decent. I thought he deserved a bit more of a chance at the time, but obviously didn't didn't get it. And now look at him. So yeah, madness that the two top scorers of the championship are ex players of ours when we could really desperately do with some goals right now. It's just it's just sod's law, isn't it? Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Uh, Chris McCarthy, you're asking a question that a lot of people have asked. Evening, Steve, looking at Fulham, Sheffield United, West Brom, all looking better than us. Would the takeover have any chance with relegation? What's your honest opinion? Uh, Chris, you know what? Um, my honest opinion, and this isn't based on speaking to anybody, is if we go down, the takeover's done. Um, a lot of people think the takeover's done already. I think some people thought I was being... Um, negative. I got a I got a, a message off uh, Keith from NCSL yesterday saying people are reading into what you're saying and you know they felt you were being a little less positive on the takeover. I'm still positive. I'm still 100% positive it'll go through. However, why on earth would anybody, never mind PIF, uh, the Rubens and and P, and PCP, why would anybody pay 350 million pound for a football club which you know is in the championship? Nobody would. Um, so the only way a deal will go through if we get relegated, I believe, and this isn't based on speaking to anybody, this is my opinion, is if the deal is renegotiated. And then it's down to one person and one person only, and that's Mike Ashley. Will Mike Ashley take a lower a lower price? It depends where he's at financially. We know from previous statements that his, mo his money's all tied up in wallpaper. Um, you know, it, he doesn't actually have physical cash. It's all, you know, it, it, it's in the bank. It's, it, it's in assets. So... Who knows? Um, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Let's hope the takeover goes through before the end of the season. Um, my feeling is, with Newcastle being you know, dragged into a relegation battle, that um, I've got to be honest, if I was buying the club, there's no way in the world I'd be trying to push it through until I know what division they're in. That's, That's... my honest... Chris, you asked us for an honest opinion. I've given you one. And it's probably because I'm on my second glass of Prosecco. <laughs> yes, it's got, yes, it's got strawberries in. Um, Alicia... It's it's one of those things, isn't it? But let's let's talk about that. We've got about fifteen minutes left. You know, do you think a takeover would go through, or am I being am I just you know am, am I being you know just off making an off the cuff answer to Chris there? I mean, what do you think? Do you think it'll go through for three hundred and fifty million if we drop into the championship? I want to be positive, <laughs> but for three hundred and fifty million pound, one hundred percent not. Like, why would you pay the same price as what you were going to pay? 
for a Premier League team when you get more money through Premier League TV deals and things like that you you're bound to get more money back in the championship you're not going to get the same money back than what you would so obviously that would have to be renegotiated you could look at it from the stance of the way the Premier League's mess were about could there be a chance that the EFL would get let it go through you know people that were rumoured to be involved before PIF came in got their takeover with Derby in the championship yes it's all fell apart now but could it be a chance that it could kind of turn on its head and actually go in our favour? Of course, I don't want to get relegated for that reason that the takeover would go through because you can never guarantee that. You could never put anything on that being guaranteed. In terms of the chance of us going down, I completely agree with Kendall. I don't think the mentality is there for us. Um, I don't see anybody standing up to be counted at the minute. As I said, before LaSalle's the season that we went down, he actually stood up for the team and nobody's standing up and I don't get it. I think, is it like delusion of they don't realise where they are? Is it because Steve Bruce brings out these positives all the time that in the head they think, no, right, we'll be fine because we're finding positives in things all the time. The realistic bit of it is by the next time we play, we're going to be one point off relegation. And I don't think the players realise that. Like, it's two winnable games for Fulham. Burnley, Sheffield United. And we don't have the easiest running after that either, considering we've got Wolves, Man United, like Man City. Man City. Third last game of the season. I think it'll go down the wire, being completely honest. I don't think we will get the chance to pull away from it. I think we're in this for the long haul. And I think the players, the manager, the coach and staff need to wake up and realise this. And I think Mike Ashley needs to realise this. If he wants to protect the asset that he has in Newcastle and he wants to get this takeover done, have a look at your team and see what's happening to it. And don't be blind to it like what you were with Steve McLaren. Because this is how I feel it's going. I feel it's got Steve McLaren written all over it. And we're going to do something with about eight games to go when it's too late. It's, I feel clear, like it's, it's clearly down to money. Anything mm-hmm. that any decision Mike Ashley makes is down yeah. to money. And if you're talking about sacking Steve Bruce, it's down to one thing: it's money. And, and people say that he's not on great wages. I've got no idea what he's on, but guaranteed, it's going to cost a fortune if he's on if he's on a poor weekly wage, monthly wage, whatever he gets paid. It'll guarantee that it'll be a clause in his contract where he gets paid a fortune, mm-hmm. and it'll be him. You've got to get rid of him. You've got to get rid of Agnew. You got to you got to get rid of everybody. Do you know what I mean? And that's where the money is. And Mike Ashley won't want to spend the money because you've got to remember the deal's been done. The deal is done. The handshake's done. The deposits paid. Um, PIF have pulled out, but they're ready to come back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where the problem is. I, yeah. I, I genuinely don't see. I don't see him wanting to spend any more money. And that's why there was no money spent in the transfer window, mm-hmm. really. You know, yeah. at all. But uh, yeah, I mean it's. Oh, as Rob S says, negativity and stagnation comes from the top. When Ashley goes, this club will shoot up the table quicker than a bullet from a gun. The problem is, Rob, which division will we be in? And Sav, that is, Sav, that's my worry. You know, I mean, we'll laugh about it, but, you know, and we've laughed at Sunderland for, for season after season, struggling to get out of that division. But I think we can all hand and heart say that, you know, we aren't much better. And if Newcastle do drop into the Championship... There's no guarantees that we'll bounce straight back like we did under Hutton and like we did under Rafa. Um, in fact, there's a good chance we could go the other way and we could 
well be laughing on the other side of our face. We could be playing Sunderland. Might get them derbies back by the time fans are allowed back in the ground. But it could be in the second division. Yeah, it's actually really worrying. And at night, it seems like, well, as you say, it's difficult to move Steve Bruce on at the moment. And to be fair, you know, when Graham Jones came in and we had that sort of, you know, run of a, where we played quite well, I was thinking, do you know what? You know, if Steve Bruce just stands there as the puppet on the side and Graham Jones just manages everything else, you know, behind him or on the side of the pitch, that's fine. I'll be all right with that for a little while. But there seemed to be, like yesterday, a regression. And if we come back out, we've got Man United. I just can't see us getting anything from Man United at all. I think, in actual fact, they may just completely thrash us. And our players, they just look dejected and miserable all the time. There's absolutely no driving them. So we've got Bob Hope against, you know, sides like Man United, really, because um, there's absolutely no belief in them. But why is there no belief in them? Is it There's got to be a problem going on somewhere because, you know, it's, it's just how they always look. They just look like they've lost when we turn up. We've had those, those couple of three good games where we played well, but then we've gone back again. And I just can't see us turning up on Sunday looking like that team that we were, you know, last week. I just can't see it. I feel like we've just regressed. And, yeah, as you say, it is, it is worrying. And it's, it seems balmy for me that nothing is being done. We're just sort of stagnant and we're made to accept it. And I think that's where the negativity through the fans sort of comes through. And Because I sometimes feel like all I do is whinge on. But where are the positives? I said to Sam, I said, oh, ladies' night, I want you to find one positive a week. I think she did one week and then was like, no, I can't find anything. I give up. <laughs> so, yeah, I just there's no positives. If someone gives me a positive, you know, I'm happy to accept it. I just can't find one. It's just all doom and gloom at the moment. And it's such a worry of a relegation battle and, you know, how that would affect, like you said, it would have to be renegotiated. But would they want to renegotiate it? And would Mike Ashley want to take a lower price? Because we all know he likes his little pot of money and he likes to, you know, keep hold of that. And I think he would want maximum out of the club. But then the way he's going on with the way the club's being run at the moment, he's not going to get that. No, he's definitely not. A lot of people ask him where Katie is. Katie's having a bit of time off um, and uh, it's well deserved. She's okay. Uh, she's in touch with me. She's in touch with uh, Sav and she's in touch with Kendall. So she is okay. Uh, we'll pass on all your best wishes. Uh, she will be back, uh, but everything's okay. She's just having a bit of time off from everything. Um, and that's uh, uh, with our best wishes. I hope she's okay and uh, I know she'll uh, continue to watch the shows. We'll love her a lot and uh, I hope she is all right. And Sam, I think she's just making pancakes because it is Shrove Tuesday uh, today. I had my pancakes last night. I've been a right pig. I'm going to have to do 20 miles in or not 10 miles. Um, Holly, um, yeah, I mean, look, let, we've got five minutes left. Let's turn turn our attentions to Man United at the weekend. Um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer says he's not settling for second place, so they're quite clearly not going to uh, sit back. We're, we're coming into players in form. Uh, Pogba suddenly picked up because he's got two players who know what they're doing um, up front, um, you know, in Fernandez and Cavani. Um, I think Newcastle's back four and whoever's in goal is going to be quite busy at the weekend. I, I can't see anything other than a defeat. Do you see anything different? No, and I don't think it'll just be a defeat. I think it'll be an absolute thrashing. Like, uh, predicted... If they've got the white socks on, it'll definitely be a right. <laughs> Those bloody white socks are the old trapper. Yeah, um, I predicted a 3-0 at best. That's honestly how I feel. Like, 
I haven't watched a great deal of Man United this season, but from the bits that I have seen, they look absolutely outstanding. And obviously, they could go on to win the league, and they just look a class above at the minute. So, even if we were in good form, I still think that we wouldn't win against them. But now that we are looking very, very poor, I think it'll be nothing short of absolute hiding from them, unfortunately. I'm not looking forward to watching it whatsoever. Yeah, I know. You haven't cheered us up. Uh, I mean, is, what would you, what do you think we can do? Is there anything we can do? Who would you like to see start up front? Well, going into the Chelsea game, I said that Gale would be my first choice. But after seeing him in that game, I'd probably think about bringing Andy Carroll on. Uh, I don't think he could play the full game, but then... Maybe like even if we're playing for the first half and then bring Gale on after that. Like I wouldn't put Joel Linton anywhere near it, obviously. I'm not sure many people would. But um yeah, and Carol, I know he's not the greatest, but he's one of the only players for me that always puts in a hundred percent effort. And he's the one that like one of the few players that I feel like would be willing to put in a shift to try and help us to stay up because there's a lot of players there that just seem to not care. And he's one of the few that does, so I'd probably give him a run out. Okay, thanks, Holly. Uh, Kendall, your take on the game coming up at Old, uh, at Old Trafford? Um, not a happy hunting ground either. Um, it's a damage limitation exercise for me, I think. Yeah, we need Matty Longstaff in. He likes a little cheeky goal against Man United, doesn't he? So well, get him well, in. Get him in to get, get the consolation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I kind of understand... Carol playing in a sense because obviously he offers a lot, us a lot defensively and I feel it's obviously going to go the same way as the Chelsea game in terms of sitting back defensively um so I kind of do see the Carol thing me personally I don't if we're going to stick with the 4-3-3 I don't see why we couldn't maybe play Almiron in the middle Maxman and Fraser as the front three I don't see why that wouldn't work um if you want to kind of because I don't Personally, I don't rate Lindelof one slight bit. I don't even rate Harry Maguire, really. Nice. So, yeah, so um, I feel like if we're going to go into that game, weirdly, because obviously attacking, you know, we don't really play attacking football. We, we have the past couple of games, but um, obviously, as we saw yesterday, you know, we just go back to defensive. So I don't see why that couldn't be a viable option. Um defensive wise because that's where I would attack Man United if that was me um, I would try and always be on the front foot playing Carroll does offer you that defensive option I probably wouldn't even play Gale really I would maybe just again it's not really his fault he's come back after not playing several you know for several months in a you know consistently he's come back at, at, against Chelsea where you're not really going to get much you're not expected to get much so I do feel from in that sense um but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I would, I would probably leave Carroll in the second half um, if that was going to be a thing. But I just don't know what's going to happen. I really don't know where their heads are going to be at this point. Um, and you know, we could have had Fernandez under Rafa for twenty-seven million. Imagine that. Imagine where we'd be now if we had him. Uh, <laughs> it just makes you more depressed, doesn't it? Um, we could have had Tammy it... Abrams. I, I mean, I was part, yeah. as you know, I worked with Rafa. We could have had Tam. We could have had Chris Wood. Not everyone's favourite, but another guy who scores goals in the Premier League. The reason yeah. we didn't get Chris Wood is because. Mike Ashley wouldn't speak to Rafa about about the Mitrovic deal, so we didn't know. You know, Rafa didn't know what was going on with Mitrovic, and that is like so frustrating. So 
Chris Wood would have come to Newcastle instead of Burnley, but Newcastle, Rafa didn't want to make the deal because he could have been embarrassed. He might not have had the money to spend because they couldn't be guaranteed that they were going to get rid of Mitrovic. I mean, it's just, what kind of world, you know, does... Does Mike actually live in with his football club? You know that it's a he's world lived where in it the whole time, though, like he's always done this to us. He's always like stabbed us in the back, considering he owns the club. So how what how come you try to sabotage your own club and your own employee who is trying to build the club, who's trying to coach the team? Like, why do you, would you go out of your way to sabotage it? it we've said this several times. But look, the whole Yedlin thing. Yes, that might not be down directly to Mike Ashley, but how can you let a player at your club, well, technically an employee at your club, how can you let his work permit run out? And then when you've you've only got two real right-back covers, just let him go? It, it's like, it, it just makes no sense, the things that go on. I just, Newcastle United under Mike Ashley makes no sense to me. It's just bizarre absolutely bizarre it's, that's why we want to get rid of him it's just craziness craziness no it is uh bob curry says thanks steve and the ladies for a good show pity this the team hadn't the enthusiasm that you lasses have bob i used to go to the gym with bob great guy uh lovely to catch up with you on social media today adam adam tell that's laughing at chris wood i know adam but it's better than andy carroll it's better than joe linton and we could have got him for half the price of joe linton instead had 20 million pound to spend on somebody else mate so i'm not being funny you can laugh all you want at Chris Wood, but he scores goals. Joe Linton doesn't score goals. Andy Carroll doesn't score goals. The only thing those two are good for is putting nets up. Alicia, um, from from your perspective, Man United, anything anything that we can get from that? Do you think, or will we just be watching Steve Bruce come out after a three or four nil hump and like like Holly seems to think we're going to have and uh, saying, well, I saw some positives in that, you know? Hey, if we come away with a three or four nil, we're lucky. I'm just saying they've just. Battered Southampton nine nil the other week. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like playing like a ten at the back, <laughs> get away with one. Um, but I'm not looking forward to this in the slightest. I hate getting beat by Man United. It just infuriates me, and I know I'm going to be wound up anyway. <laughs> but I am just not looking forward to this one. We're not. I don't think we'll even get a goal. Being honest, I just can't see, as we said before, where they're going to come from, and. Man United are in form. The, Ollie's obviously set his sights on the league, however difficult it may be. He set himself up for the challenge. Nice challenge to have. Hopefully we might have it one day, but <laughs> I can I think our goal difference is going to take a batter in this week. I think it could be a bad week for us this week. Unfortunately, That's, sorry. <laughs> that is the big worry. That is the no, there's no need to apologize. Um Kendall, I want to just get your channel as well. Just give your channel a plug. Oh yeah, it's just it's just Kendall Rowan. If you're um typing it in on YouTube, I'll come up somewhere on there. <laughs> Alicia, where can people find yours? Yeah, just the same. It's uh, just Alicia FC on YouTube, and then it'll come straight up. Okay, Sab, we'll come to you for your Manchester United uh, prediction and your your thoughts on that game. What can we do? Should he should he maybe rest a few players and and you know maybe put a few of the youngins in and you know you know concentrate more on that West Brom game? What's your thoughts? Do you know, it's so easy to say, yeah, he should rest a few and play some of the young ones. But the realistic, realistically, he's not going to do that. He's going to, he'll probably just put on the same side that we've just played against Chelsea, knowing Steve Bruce, because it's just so predictable all the time. I personally would put Andy Carroll in over Dwight Gale just because, you know, defensively he offers more. And I think we're going to be defending an awful lot in that game. 
Um, I can't see us scoring a goal. I don't know who I, I don't know. Well, maybe Almiron might, might be able to nick one, but not against Man United. I don't think there's hope in hell. I'm actually really angry about this one. I feel like I've got to go into my delusional phase because there's a guy in my town and he's like a 90s plastic Man United fan and he makes me so angry. Like, literally, I just see him standing there all dressed up in red and I'm just like, just go away. Don't even come near me. <laughs> so whenever they lose, I'm always like secretly happy because I'm like, oh, I bet he's crying. And stuff like that. So, <laughs> so like, I really want us to do something and we're not. And I'm quite glad we're not really allowed out at the moment because I won't see him. So that's quite good. I, mean, I know I've really deviated there, but that's me on a personal level. I'd love to see us get something. I just I can't see it. But I'm going to go into my delusional phase, put on my obligatory three quid on William Hill that we're going to win and then just hope for the best. I think that's all we can do. God, well, don't forget, he doesn't really do tactics. <laughs> I did like that yesterday, by the way. <laughs> and uh, this guy definitely does. Let's hope Graham Jones can uh, get the team together and uh, get things uh, sorted out. It's and, Bruce's uh, stumping ground, though. He's going to obviously give the win to them, isn't he? He's going to say, there you go. There's three points, you know, get you, get you towards the league. Ollie, with these little mates and that. Wouldn't be surprised oh, I Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he just, you know, just starts random players. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if we see Atsu. Stick Atsu up front, Steve Bruce. I'm sure that I'll get you, get your little Man United three points. Well, let, let's face it. Steve Bruce loves a Man U win against Newcastle. Like, so, uh, yeah, I think you're yep. right, girls. I think we're looking at 3-4, maybe even 5-0. So, uh, and we have had some of the lads tonight are saying, why don't the girls come on Match Day Live? Well, Alicia, uh, Alicia, and, Alicia does her own on her channel. Kendall... Goes around and does quite a few shows, which you can catch her on. But uh, you never know, Holly, Sav, if you're doing anything and you want to sit through with, with some of the lads, give give a female perspective on the match. I'll uh, I'll send you the link. It may be nice to get one it's of not much room normally. You normally have a have a full house. Well, on match this is it. We're getting overloaded, and it's because Daz Daz has taken over the organisation a bit, you know. So uh, I'll have a word with Daz, and we'll see. I'm, I think Holly's pretty much up for it. Just had a bedroom done and everything. <laughs> I have issues because I watch it on the Sky Go, so there's a delay. And I think I did one match day live, and everyone was celebrating. I was like, sat there completely gormless, like, what on earth is going on? <laughs> That's because you're an Arsenal fan, man. Oh, stop it! Stop it! My problem is, my problem is, Granda Kenny just shouts in the background. So I just oh, he's a legend. I remember when uh, I remember when you had him on and he came on and just did that one little thing that was brilliant, what? man. Absolutely brilliant. Holly, if you're up for it, we'll try and get you on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just be, give us a message. It'll be good. It'll be good to get you on. And uh, fantastic. Well, listen. Thanks to everybody in the chat. We've gone into extra time, but that's because we've had a uh, we've had a good night as uh, as always. So uh, really good to have the girls on and look forward to getting these on next week. Don't forget, I'm back tomorrow night with Liam tomorrow night. Uh, Barry Hogan, you're asking when the five-minute rant is. We're not doing it this week. Uh, we'd like to try and keep it on a Monday. Um, you'll have plenty to rant about if we get whopped off Man United. So Monday night, keep it, keep your pent-up frustrations for Monday night. Don't forget Loaded Football, uh, which is the one which is about any football from around the world, is back at 9 o'clock tomorrow night with uh, Daz um, and the gang. And uh, then Thursday night, I'm back with Super Mac and with Gibbo. And then Friday night, we're back with the three amigos. And uh, anyone who likes the music that we, they have at the start of the show, the Long Sands, uh, the lads are coming on at the weekend. I'm going to do a special with them. We're going to go through a few of their videos, have a chat with the lads, and uh, you'll be able to uh, you know, see see the people who created the music. Good friends of mine, uh, the band that I used to manage. And uh, will there be a comeback? 
You never know. Okay, girls, take care. Have a good night. I'm going off to have my next glass of Prosecco. Take care. Yes, Bye. enjoy your birthday. Only way you're ever gonna learn your love back